Hello, welcome to episode 44 of a Bonfire Banter podcast. I'm Dean from DGF Consultancy, and I'm joined by my host, my co host, I should Me- say. <laughs> oh, yeah, co host, yeah. Can... Well, if I was the host, wouldn't I technically be above you then if you're the co host? Hmm. I thought co host means kind of um, any call. Feather host. host. I don't know. And this has been Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry. And you're joining us with an apparent power struggle. <laughs> yes, there is a power struggle. You have to fight it. You have to meet up with masks and visors on and fight. But before that, let's introduce our guest. I'd like to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kathy, and I'm from Handy Creatives. And she can be the referee when us two fight. <laughs> yeah, as long as I've got a full PPE. <laughs> <laughs> and in this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about mental health when it comes to craft. This is something we've talked about before in our previous episodes, but I thought as we've got Kathy on, um, that she can talk about her experiences when it comes to this. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, what's your experiences when it comes to mental health and craft? I think it has a big part to play in um, a lot of the customers that I work with is a lot of people are crafters. Uh, with that tends to come what people call stashes or stashes of craft materials. So quite often that's something that we're looking at or doing inventories for. Um, and I think it's fair to say that all of my customers enjoy crafting. And I know that there's quite a lot of studies that have been done um, on the release of serotonin, I think there was. I was chatting to a customer the other day about knitting, and I think they've done quite a few studies for knitters about how it yeah. lifts like depression and reduces anxiety. And yeah, and they're being creative um, to do that. You need kind of headspace, I guess. And I think a lot of people find it quite meditative when it comes to to crafting. I suppose crafting's accessible to people with disabilities and that as well. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, and it's really important that people have space to enjoy that and to do that. So part of that process that I get involved in is making sure that, that crafting isn't something that's put away and on the side if it's somebody who um, who is limited in their access um, at home. Then we do try to make sure that we set enough areas where they can enjoy that. Because we were talking about that when because um, us two met up prior to lockdown and that. Yeah, we did, yeah. We were talking about, was it um, co- um, wine corks? We were, yeah. We were talking about physical disabilities as well, weren't we, yeah. and, and using tools. Because other people could then feel the textures of that. and Yeah, it's a very sensory material that you do use, and the process that you use it um, is, is really accessible for a lot of people with a lot of disabilities. I suppose um, knitting and like felting would be a good sensory one as well. Yeah, I think I think people tend to overlook the sensory um, part of crafting. Uh, the fact that you're a lot of the time you're creating with colours and you're creating with textures, um, and it's a very very hands-on process as well. So it's something that you're you're creating yourself. I probably don't explain it very well, but I do know that when I talk to people um, about the amount of time that they spend crafting and the amount of of space they give that in their property there's a real imbalance considering how much it gives them and that's one of the things that we look at 
because if this is something that you really enjoy, give it space and, and make sure that you feel good about it. And take your time with it. It's not something you want to rush through because it's if you rush through it, then it turn it doesn't turn out right. Then you get yourself angry or upset about it. Yeah, do you find you get frustrated with process? Times and times, yeah. It's more as well if the piece is impo- when I like it, but other people don't like it. Yeah, we talked about you being a very visual person, didn't we? And that's why I, I'm always interested in what you're doing with your space and you know how that's helping you to be creative because yeah. what you do is very visual. Because it's interesting when you carve in a line, though, I'll feel the line and feel the curves when you've carved things out and thinking have I missed a bit out or anything like that yeah and you brought some samples with you didn't you that we I did yeah yeah I still need to give them to to you yeah it's such a shame isn't it we weren't able to use them this year on because of um uh the arts the arts project work that I do with people with physical disabilities we weren't able to go ahead obviously because of lockdown um but we're hoping that those projects will still go ahead next year yeah, I'll be up. I'll be up for that next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think mental health is. When I work with people, I think we mentioned it earlier that quite often their mental and their physical um, energy levels don't match, and that's where I come in to try and support them. Either they're finding that they're, they're physically able to achieve a lot of things, but mentally they're feeling overwhelmed, or the reverse is true, and actually they're very, very creative, and they're very sure of what they want, but they need the physical support to achieve it. So, I suppose that we've mentioned this in our few previous episodes, but it's nowadays it's a lot more easy to talk about mental health um, when it comes to things now, especially in the workplace or when it comes to craft. A lot of people a lot more open-minded and accepted of things now. Yeah, definitely. I think if I can touch on it, I think the thing that I struggle with is the is how important language is to people. Um, that are diagnosed with conditions that fall under um, an umbrella of mental health. And in the my line of work, it sort of gets stolen away. And you'll hear people overuse the term OCD or, you know, I'm a hoarder, um, you know, and they're, they're words that people use very freely um, as opposed to kind of diluting what that really does mean to some people and how some people really struggle. So I think being mindful of the language that we use um, is important in mental health. And I'm, yeah, I'm really pleased to hear that it's so much more acceptable to have open conversations about it. Sure. You got anything to add, Dean? Yeah. I was just thinking about the thing about using labels to call something, and we can misuse them easily because, um, like saying I'm OCD, when. Um, so I wonder if there needs to be more thought, not just to raise an awareness of the specific things, but also understanding more of the abstractions for um, what these things mean as um, rather than just be a thing I'm OCD or am I just um, or do I just have some kind of anxiety about this bottle not being here or something like that (laughs) yeah that's right yeah and I guess a lot of that's what I do is talking to people about because even if they do have um, you know a confirmed diagnosis it's still different every single person and, and how that impacts. Um, I think it's really interesting when I hear people kind of saying, oh, I'm really organised, I'd be really good at organising people. And actually the truth is, is that I'm really comfortable in chaos and because I'm really comfortable, I can go into quite chaotic environments and feel really comfortable in them. So actually if I 
if I was somebody who who had to be super organized I couldn't do the job that I do because I'd just feel uncomfortable oh, oh, and everyone else I'd feel uncomfortable with your desk Dean I'd be very upset with your desk and I would <laughs> I wouldn't be able to help you so so yeah I think it's it's interesting isn't it the language that people use um yeah so yeah. Do you want to end this episode with a random fact? Definitely. And this is something that um, I mentioned to Kefir before we started recording. And this is about the, um, a purple di- um, purple dye. And b- before we start recording this episode, I was talking about my pink knickers. Very nice pink knickers. No holes in them. For no reasons. Marks. For reasons. <laughs> and, and for this reason that Dean doesn't know... But in ancient Rome, um, blue dye, or as I wrote down in my, in my notes, purple dew, <laughs> um, purple dye was made out of snails. That's new to me. They used to um, sight, um, boil them and do stuff with them, and somehow that made the colour purple. Wow. So I can, pe- I can thank snails for my purple underwear. Dean, have you got many clothes that are purple? I don't think I do. Um... I bet you've got like a purple mang thong somewhere. <laughs> That's in the bottom drawer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been the one with the purple knickers, Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry, and the one I'm sure uh, I'm definitely sure has got a purple mang thong is my wonderful co-host. I'm Dean from DG Web Consultancy, and we're not sure about our guests. Um. <laughs> Um, with this one, if, if she got a bit purple, but but have you? And who are you again? <laughs> I'm keeping bit quiet. And question. I'm uh, Kathy. <laughs> I'm Kathy from Handy Creatives. And don't forget to check Kathy out on Facebook and on Instagram, and check out our website, handycreatives.co.uk, or to make sure to put in our show notes. And um, thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks. Bye.